Esther chapter 3 verse 1 After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadetha, the Agagite, and advanced him, and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. After Mordecai had saved the king's life from that plot against the king, later on it just so happened that Haman, who was a pagan, was advanced in the king's palace, and he was set above all of the other princes in the king's palace. Haman represents Satan in this story, and Haman's family and all of his supporters represent the demons in this story. Satan hates Jesus, and Haman hates Mordecai. And the people of Jesus are those who are saved, and Haman hates Mordecai's people who are the Jews. So he actually does know that Mordecai is a Jew, but but he doesn't know that Esther is a Jew. 2. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed down and prostrated themselves before Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not down, nor prostrated himself before him. Mordecai could not bow down to Haman because it would mean that he's worshiping Haman, and he can't worship Haman because he only worships the one true God. But Haman hates this because Haman wants to be worshipped, just as Satan wants to be worshipped. 3. Then the king's servants that were in the king's gate said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? The other pagans who were at the king's gate are confronting Mordecai and saying, why don't you bow down? You're supposed to bow down. This is similar to when we get to the book of Daniel, when Daniel's three friends refuse to bow down to the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. It's worshiping a false god. Even if that god is a person, we're not allowed to worship people. And the reason they're all at the king's gate is because that's where business takes place. You and I, we go into the center of the city, into what's called downtown, and that's where the courthouse is. But in ancient times, the place of business where the courts would be and where judgments would be made was actually at the city gate. For now it came to pass when they spoke daily unto him, meaning they're harassing him on a daily basis. And he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand, for he had told them that he was a Jew. They harassed Mordecai until he admitted, I'm an Israelite, I cannot bow down to any man. So then they told that to Haman. 5. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not down nor prostrated himself before him, then was Haman full of wrath, meaning anger. And to prostrate yourself is when you lay down with your face to the ground. 6. But it seemed contemptible in his eyes to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had made known to him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. Haman has decided that since Mordecai won't worship him, it isn't enough just to kill Mordecai. He wants to kill all of Mordecai's people in addition. And that's just like Satan. Because Jesus won't worship Satan, which he's never going to do because Jesus is God and he created Satan as Lucifer originally. And by the way, God also created hell. Satan didn't create hell and he has no power over hell or over who goes to hell. Satan is so powerless, it's hilarious. He is just a pawn and nothing more. He has no power at all except what God temporarily gives to him. 
But anyway, Satan wanted Jesus to bow to him in heaven, and that's why Satan fell out of heaven. And because Jesus refused to worship Satan, Satan wants to kill all of Jesus' people, which are all the people who are saved. And that's why Satan is constantly attacking Christians with illnesses, accidents, other people attacking us at work, neighbors being angry with us. You know, bad things happen to Christians all the time because Satan is constantly on the attack. And he would like all Christians to go to hell. And that's why Satan also tempts Christians. He wants them to go back to sin. 7. In the first month, which is the month Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast pur, that is, the lot, before Haman, from day to day, and from month to month, to the twelfth month, which is the month Adar. This is where the name Purim comes from. The holiday of Purim celebrates when Haman was killed. As is popular in pagan culture and secular culture, they tend to believe in luck, and luck is random and by chance. So they were casting lots, meaning kind of like rolling the dice to see what would be their lucky day, and they were doing this in front of Haman. He was overseeing the casting of the lots, and they found that Adar was in their minds, a lucky month. Well, that's going to be important later on in the story, so remember that, that the pagans and Haman had decided that Adar was a lucky month. Now, luck doesn't exist. All it is is God's will and God's blessings. 8. And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from those of every people, neither keep thee the king's laws, therefore it profiteth not the king to suffer them. Suffer means to allow, and that's why Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me. He was saying, Allow the little children to come to me. And Haman is telling the king, You should not allow the Jews to live in your kingdom. 9. If it please the king, let it be written that they be destroyed, and I will pay ten thousand talents of silver into the hands of those that have the charge of the king's business to bring it into the king's treasuries. Haman is saying that he will pay ten thousand talents of silver to the mercenary soldiers who kill the Jews. Now mercenary means the soldier who's hired to kill. 10. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman the son of Hamadetha the Agagite, the Jew's enemy. The king, in his ignorance, gave his signet ring to Haman to let Haman write the decree that in the month of Adar they would attack all of the Jews, because the king was totally ignorant. Now remember, the king isn't like God, he only represents God in this story. 11. And the king said unto Haman, The silver is given to thee, the people also to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. The king said, I'll provide the money. You just do what you want to do, Haman, and go ahead and get rid of these Jews. And this is all because Haman claims that they don't obey the king's laws. 12. Then were the king's scribes called in the first month on the thirteenth day thereof, and there was written according to all that Haman commanded unto the king's satraps and to the governors that were over every province and to the princes of every people and to every province according to the writing thereof and to every people after their language. In the name of King Ahasuerus was it written, and it was sealed with the king's ring. The scribes, which are the writers, they came in and 
They took dictation from Haman, and they wrote it out in every language and sent it to every governor and every deputy so that those guys would know what the new law was, and they would read it out loud in every province so that all the people knew that the king was going to allow Haman to attack the Jews in the month of Adar. 13. And letters were sent by posts into all the king's provinces, that means sent by mail, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day, even upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, and to make the spoil of them for a prey. On that one day of the year, the thirteenth day of Adar, they are allowed to kill Jews of all ages and steal property from whomever they kill. Now, the same thing happened during the Holocaust. Hitler and his men killed Jews and other people and stole the property from those whom they had killed. In fact, that's why they killed them, was to get their property. The Nazis in World War II carried out one of the biggest heists in world history, which was stealing property that belonged to Jews, and the way they got away with it was by killing the property owners. So here Haman is basically trying to do the same thing in Persia. 14. The copy of the writing to be given out for a decree in every province was to be published unto all peoples, that they should be ready against that day. Haman wants everybody to be ready to fight on that day, all the Persians to just go to war against the Jews. 15. The posts went forth in haste by the king's commandment, and the decree was given out in Shushan the castle, and the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Shushan was perplexed. Meaning people were confused when they heard the king's commandment. They didn't get it, because the Jews hadn't really done them any harm, so they didn't understand why the king had done this. But you and I know why. It was because the king was ignorant, and he listened to Haman, who was lying to him and being a very bad advisor. This chapter sounds serious, but it's actually a comic setup. The punchline of the joke is in the month of Adar, and that's why Purim is actually named after the casting of the lots where Haman has determined that Adar is his lucky month because he's a pagan and he believes in luck and he believes in the roll of the dice. He now believes that if he attacks the Jews in the month of Adar, he will succeed and be rid of Mordecai and all of his people forever. Now, since this is a comedy, you know there's going to be a plot twist. Something is going to happen that Haman does not expect. Haman is wily coyote, licking his chomps and ready to put his knife and his fork in the stake. But little does he know, a roadrunner is going to zip by and a bomb is going to go off at just the wrong time. And that's where we're ending in Esther chapter 3.